Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. You guys are going to be blessed. Open your hearts. Open your ears for Pastor Larry the Lion. So how are you all doing? I'm doing great. You excited to be here? Okay, my sound sounds really weird. I'm not sure how it sounds to you. Oh, pray in the spirit of all the people to talk about pray, prayer in the spirit, why me? The passage on the weapons of your warfare, Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, it starts, it says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Anybody feel like over the last while you've kind of been blown over and you're just wondering where the strength is going to come from? Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes put on the peace that comes from good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows, arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This is the foundation of my message. But before I get to my message, we have something else very, very special. When we are going to war against the enemy, our obedience is one of our weapons. Our obedience defeats the devil because the devil is all about deception. He's all about lies. And when we walk in obedience and we walk in truth, we release the foothold that the devil has on our lives. And I'm going to give you this morning an opportunity to take a step of obedience. If you have never been baptized, if you have consciously never made the choice to be baptized, because I've heard it often. Well, I was baptized as a kid, as an infant. But as an infant, you don't choose. It's not your will that decides. And so as a conscious being who's able to make your own choice, 
If you have never been baptized, I want to invite you to take the step of obedience and come and do war against the enemy. Richard and Brianne can guide you, can give you instruction and help you. If the Holy Spirit right now in this moment is tugging at your heartstrings, please come forward. Praise God. Praise God. Do you know if you've ever wondered, when is the right time to get baptized? You know, when you have a conviction in your heart that obedience to your father is more important than what your flesh is trying to tell you, because the flesh will say no, the spirit says yes. I still feel like there's at least one more. There's a war going on inside of you right now. Allow the Holy Spirit to win that war. Stand to your feet for just a moment. You know that once you're standing, it's a little easier just to start walking. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. God bless you guys. Go and receive the blessing. You know, when we go through this passage on the spiritual armor of God, you know, we often don't include in it, at least for me, I, I've gone through it so many times and, and I cut it off at the end of verse 17. But verse 18 is probably the most important verse in the armor of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. I want to break those two words apart for a moment. Pray and in the spirit. What is prayer? You know, Interestingly, I looked it up in the Webster's Dictionary and um, just out of curiosity. And uh, do you know what the Webster Dictionary says prayer is? I'm not gonna, I, can't, I'm, I didn't write it down, but I'm just remember, going from what I remember. A plea, um, a request to a higher power. Is that all prayer is? Is that it? Do you know, I want to do something different today. I don't want to preach to you. Is it okay if I don't preach this morning? Is anybody okay with me not preaching? Come on, put up your hand if you're okay with me not preaching. All right. Okay, I see more hands not up than I do up, and, but I thank you for your honesty. So can I share with you my experience with prayer? in the spirit. 
Is that all right? So I'm gonna share with you a testimony. And I hope and I pray that in the process of me doing that, that for some of you who struggle with this reality, maybe something will resonate with you and, and the Holy Spirit will just give you some new insight. But growing up, I was taught that that's all prayer was. That was it. Father God, provide our needs, provide me a job, protect me, heal me. It's kind of like going to a grocery store, right? And, uh, you know, the owner comes out and he says, well, what, what are you looking for today? Yeah, I'm looking for a little bit of healing. I'm looking for a little bit of love. You know, that kind of a thing, right? Consumerism prayer. Anybody done that? Yeah? You know, and then I got a little more spiritual and, and I started asking for, you know, especially when you have kids, then you gotta get more spiritual. <laughs> and I started praying for protection for my son while he's driving. My son more than my daughter, but well, actually, well, both. Um, healing for my brother. Um, you know, our neighbors are fighting. Lord, you know, bring resolution to their conflict. You know, those kind of things. And, um, but you know, all these, all this is, it is what I call um, talking prayer. It's just talking prayer. But you know, when I look at what the Bible says about prayer, prayer represents itself as a relationship. Right? Prayer is a relationship. I didn't know that at the time. I want to give you an illustration. How many of you have been in a dialogue with your spouse one time? And I'm going to, mi cariño, me puedes ayudar? So Colleen, I was wondering, we were in Bolivia, we were able to marry off our daughter, and um, it was a beautiful day. The wedding was so incredible, and um, you know, we know that probably they're going to have kids real soon, right? Are you okay with that? Um, you know, what do you think? Like, should we maybe make plans to go back at the end of the year? Really? Okay. Um, well, um, good chat. Maybe we should do this again sometime? <laughs> you know, is this the way we approach God? You know? We go, we talk. We dialogue, and then we, oh, good chat, God. That was my life as a Christian. Can you imagine how my prayers were 
when all I knew was talking prayer. What do you pray for? What do you not pray for? Do you know, it wasn't until I was in my first pastorate and um, we were still pretty young, Colleen and I, and um, um, the Lord had placed it on my heart that I needed to commit to full-time ministry. I did not want to be a pastor, but that's just where I felt the Lord guiding me. And not that he told me because I wasn't listening, but um, you know, Maybe it would help if you understood. I mean, many of you have heard this already, but maybe there's some new people here that haven't. I grew up as a Mennonite. As uh, um, Colleen would say, I was a much better Mennonite. And uh, if you don't catch the joke to that, you'll have to ask her later because I'm not going to go into the detail. Um, but you know, I was taught that um, prayer is just asking God for things and... and uh, potentially getting answers through the word, maybe through your pastor, you know, somebody who's a little more spiritual. I'm not sure how he heard the answer for me, but um, that's what I was taught. The aspect of experiential aspects of the Holy Spirit, and especially tongues, like Savio talked about receiving his tongue. Um, that for me was the devil's tongue. I'm serious. Anybody who spoke in tongues was speaking the devil's language. And that's what I was taught. But in, in, this, in the church, when I first became a pastor, because I felt so insecure in my role, I reached out and I'm praying, Father God, I pray that you would give me a word because I don't know what I'm supposed to preach. I don't know how to put a message together. Please, Father God, I promise I will commit myself to reading your word specifically in regards to the life of Jesus Christ and how he discipled people. And I did my part. I committed myself to that. And, uh, you know, interestingly, like, please forgive me. I'm not saying that talking prayer, that God doesn't listen to that because he listened to my talking prayer and he answered me. John 10, 27 was one of the verses. I was going through John first. John 10, verse 27. It says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Wow. Are you serious? My sheep hear my voice. Well, I must not be a sheep because I've never heard his voice. How can I be a pastor? It shook me to the core. Caused a lot of confusion, let me tell you that. Interestingly, when I got my first pastorate job at this church, a friend of mine gave me a book. Spiritual Man by Watchman Nee. Bookstores got it. And um, it looked too deep for me, so I just stuck it on my shelf. Um, but anyways, as I began, my heart was stirring. I felt a prompting 
to go and grab that book and read it. And I did. Do you know that prompting? I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, I realized that prompting is the Lord talking to you. He's speaking to you. Anybody feel that they've been prompted to do something and they didn't listen? <laughs> that too? <laughs> but you know, this book transformed my life. It was talking about how the Spirit of God desires relationship with my spirit, with my human spirit. And I can hear from God when the Spirit of God speaks on behalf of the Father to my spirit and through my, in, through my, my soul, I'm able to hear him. I'm able to hear him. And this was revolutionary for me. And so I tried to practice it. And I heard nothing. I'm quiet. Well, as quiet as I knew how to be. But you know what goes on when you're quiet? Mind starts racing. You know, well, what about this? What about that? You know, I didn't know how to shut that off. But I kept studying. John 12, 49. I do not speak on my own authority, Jesus said. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. Oh, my mind had a field day with this one. <clears throat> if Jesus is the Son of God and Jesus did nothing without God telling him, that means Jesus and God were in relationship. But I would process in my mind, but Jesus was God and I'm not. That's how I would rationalize it. And yet the Bible says that here on earth, Jesus had a body just like me and you. That's right. Philippians chapter two, verse seven. So if Jesus heard from his father in a human body, and if also I'm called a child of God, Jesus is the son of God. And if I'm a child of God, that means Jesus is my brother. And if Jesus can hear from God in his human body, so can I. So can I. Here's another one. It was in the scripture this morning. Romans 8, 16. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So there's that affirmation that I am a child of God. And that verse talks about relationship. His spirit relates with my spirit. How? Through communion, through fellowship. So over the months, I practiced my conversation and listening skills. It started out with questions of yes, no answers. I would ask him, so Father God, what do you think of this? And I would get nothing, but I would start asking yes, no questions, and I would get a yes or a no. Um, should we go on this trip? Yes. Should I buy this car? No, but it's a real good deal. Nothing. <laughs> but this was the process of me learning to hear from God. That's right. right? And as, be, as God began revealing himself to me through these experiences and many others, my understanding of who he is grew. 
And as I learned to understand who he is, I also learned to understand who I am. And as I learned to understand who he, who he is and who I am, my prayer life changed because I began praying differently. And not only did I pray differently because as I was praying differently, I was hearing differently. And as I was hearing differently, the Lord gave me a different message. So I was no longer preaching based on my own intellect, but I began preaching by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is one Sunday in particular I remember, I'm gonna try and make this really short because I've got so much story to tell and so little time to tell it, but I, I didn't hear from God that week. He didn't tell me what I was supposed to preach. So what did I do? Based on my own understanding and intellect, I put a message together. And as I'm going up the steps to the pulpit, he whispers to me, hey, Larry, that message you got there? Yeah, that's not my message. I know you, I was listening all week and you didn't give me one. And, and I mean, this is happening in rapid time as I'm making my way to the pulpit and I get to the pulpit and he says, I want you to preach my message. It's a little late. I'm already here at the pulpit. And I'm having this dialogue with God. And he says, open your mouth and I will speak on your behalf. And I preached a message and I sat down and I says to Colleen, I says, what did I say? Because I don't know. But I know this, that the power of God was speaking and two people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ that morning. Oh, I got off track. Okay. <laughs> you know, the Lord revealed so many things to me. Here's a verse. I had to fit this in. I, I said to Jeremiah, we had, had Italian sandwiches on Friday. And um, I shared with him this verse. And I said, somehow I got to get this into my message. Matthew 9, 27 <clears throat> to 30. I'll only be reading the first part of verse 30. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him shouting, son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying. Can you imagine that? People following you home and just walk right in? Yeah, just feel at home, that's okay. Jesus asked them, do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. Do you know, I love the way the message Bible puts it. In the message paraphrase, it says, and just that one part, it says, become what you believe. Become what you believe. You see, with Jesus and God, Jesus knew who he was because he knew his father. 
He knew exactly who he was because he believed that all authority was given to him. He believed that he was the son of God. And so when he communicated with the father, the father communicated back and it changed everything. This reality is life-changing. If you are struggling with your identity, you will struggle with life. And you need to check what you believe. So in this newfound relationship, God began directing my steps from the pastorate into missions. And so Colleen and I left Canada, moved to Texas, where we studied Spanish, and I felt like my world fell apart. I was doing, because God had told us, he had told us very clearly, both Colleen and I, because he told me first, I says, okay, God, if this is what you want, you got to tell her too, because I'm not telling her. <laughs> he told her. Oh, and here we are in Texas, doing what we believe God has told us to do, studying Spanish, preparing to become missionaries to go to Bolivia. But here's the thing. When I was in the pastorate, I heard from God every day. I was having conversation. I'd go down to my office and I'd sit on, on the, the certain spot on the floor and I would just talk and I would listen and I would talk and I would listen. And sometimes I'd write stuff down because I didn't have a computer then. <clears throat> that doesn't say how old I am at all. But anyways, the conversation stopped. And um, for almost the entirety of the year, I wasn't hearing from God. And I thought at the time that God had left me. I found out later that I had filled my mind with too many distractions and I couldn't hear. It wasn't that him that, that left me. But anyways, there was one particular time I cried out, <clears throat> excuse me, Father God, if we are in your will, please give me a sign. Give me a sign. And you know what? He did. It was in that moment I received my tongue. And I'm telling you, I struggled. Oh, I struggled. I can't pray in tongues. That's the devil's tongue. He says to me, he said to me, he says, why do you curse my gift to you? You asked me for a sign and I have given you a sign. When you feel defeated and you don't know how to pray, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit and my spirit will encourage you. Well, that was a new concept. Pray in the spirit, what does that mean? The idea of praying in the spirit was completely new to me. But on that day, I learned that praying in the spirit was praying in tongues. So embarrassed by this gift, I, you know, I did, I was kind of like a closet prayer in the tongues. You know, never, ever in public, not even around Colleen, uh-uh. 
And I mean, Colleen can testify. I ask her how often she's heard me pray in tongues. <clears throat> but you know, God kept pouring into me through scripture. Romans 8, verse 26 to 27. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray. This is just an example, right? We don't know what God wants us to pray for. Do you hear what I'm saying? God, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. I'm not, pray, I'm not praying based on intellect here. I'm asking God, God, what do you want me to pray for? Do we do that? Do we do that? Father God, what is your heart for this situation? What is your heart for these people? Every time somebody walks into my office for whatever reason, right away is in my mind, Father God, what is your heart for this situation right now? What is your heart for this person? But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Is that kind of like that babyish gibber thing? Perhaps. <laughs> groanings. Kind of sounds like groanings to me. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. Listen. Here, this is, a, this is Paul. These are Paul's words. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. Listen, if it's good for Paul, it's got to be good for me. If he found it so important to pray in tongues, why not me? And as my confidence in my prayer language grew, I began to realize the correlation between me praying in tongues and receiving revelation and understanding and insight from God. Maybe not at that very moment, but there was times where I was engaging with somebody to try and evangelize or encourage or whatever. And all of a sudden a verse would pop into my mind. And it's like, where on earth did that come from? Or he would give me a word for them. And I'm like, oh, I can't say that. Just say it. And I say it and all of a sudden they're like, they're breaking down in tears because the Holy Spirit spoke to them. You know, my day is a constant dialogue with God. A continual dialogue. The Bible says to pray without ceasing, right? I'm like, how do you do that? Somehow I got to get my work done. I tried. I tried to be in prayer while I'm doing my work. It doesn't work. But what is it like when you take your best friend with you on a trip? Are you talking all the time? No. There's moments of silence. You're just happy to be in each other's presence. You know, and all of a sudden something comes to your mind and it's like, you know, Ken, what do you think of this? Wouldn't that be cool? And Ken responds 
and you got this dialogue going on and then you're quiet again for a while. That's like what it is with me and my father all day long. When I hear this song, nothing else, it brings me to my tear, it brings me into tears because there is nothing else more important just to be with you, Jesus. And that's praying in the spirit. That's dialogue in the spirit because his spirit and my spirit have joined together and we're one. And I want you to experience that too. I promised everybody that I'd tell them my story about the Bolivia trip and I'm gonna make it real quick. I'm gonna eliminate a bunch of stuff. But um, on December 27th, Jackson and I were supposed to be traveling to Bolivia and uh, leaving from Toronto, but the Toronto airport rejected us. And um, in my spirit, God had promised that I was gonna be at the wedding, my daughter's wedding on January 15th. And it's like driving home from Toronto, I was like screaming, (laughs) screaming at God and I was crying and, and, a real hot mess, to say the least. But anyways, um, I get back. Um, Carly had been house-sitting for us while we were gone, expecting to stay there for, for three weeks. And uh, um, I had let her know we're coming back, so she had already packed and, and whatnot. And, and uh, when, we, when we came in, she says, um, I hope you don't mind, but I've invited a bunch of people over to pray. It's like, oh my word, I, I can't. Um, well, you can tell them. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we need to pray, you know. And so a group of people had come over that night, and and we prayed, and and I wasn't hearing much. I wasn't. I was an emotional mess. I really was. But at as we got to the end of the prayer meeting, all of a sudden, the Lord just downloaded January 12th. And I'm like, okay. James Richards was there. And uh, he, says, he says, yeah, that's what God told me. January 12th. Okay. So over the period of the following weeks, got together with a group of people and prayed often. A lot where two or more are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them, Matthew 18, 20. You know, it was a difficult time for me, but as, as we got close to that day, January 12th, the Lord started revealing the process. So on the 10th, <clears throat> I took a shuttle across the border into the United States Still didn't have my tickets bought. But I'm walking in faith, not by sight, based on what the Holy Spirit's telling me and directing me path step by step. And as the shuttle picked me up in the, in the afternoon on Monday and we're driving towards the bridge, the Lord says, tell him to take the tunnel. Okay. So I tell him, I says, do you mind if we go through the tunnel? He says, no, not at all. So we turned off the EC row and we go down the tunnel, drive up to the, uh, the U.S. Customs Guard there. Uh, where are you going? Oblivious, South America. Um, 
what are you doing there? I says, well, I'm going to my daughter's wedding. And he's looking at my passport, and I don't know what he does on his computer thing, but whatever, you, you know the process. Handing me my passport back, he says, that's a long way to go for a wedding. Have a safe trip. And that was it. I get to the hotel where the shuttle dropped me off, and I'm trying to call the airline to pay for, book my tickets. Couldn't get through. The line kept saying, all circuits are busy. All circuits are busy. You ever had that? You know, I'm so thankful that God never says circuits are busy. <laughs> Over an hour, I am constantly trying to call, and I'm crying out, Father God, please open up one circuit. Just one circuit, that's all I need. I just need one circuit to get through. I says, my steps are ordered by the Lord. You will make a way. Because he's a way maker. Yes. All of a sudden, the line opens up. I think it was about an hour and 20 minutes after I started trying. And this angel of a man, it's hard to imagine a man being an angel, but this was an angel of a man. He answered, and so kind, he helped me get my tickets. And guess what? It was 800 and some dollars Canadian cheaper than what I was quoted it was gonna be. Yeah, is that not God? And after the fact, I'm crying and I'm asking God, why I'm not worthy? How is it that you love me so much? And he said, I wouldn't let you go through, wouldn't let the call go through because I wanted to align you with this man. So that got through and I'm like, okay, maybe I should go and see if I can get my PCR test today yet, even though the Lord had told me I'm supposed to do it on Tuesday. And I'm starting to get ready and God says, what are you doing? I says, well, I, this is all worked out. I says, I want to keep the momentum going. And, I, and I'm, I'm having a dialogue in the flesh, you know? And he says, but I, but I told you Tuesday. Yeah. Okay, and so I took my jacket off and, and, I, and I sit back down and, and I'm listening to worship music and just praising God Tuesday morning. Let me tell you, I was up on a dime, early as could be. <laughs> and I had already done my research and, and I had kind of figured out, you know, where I was supposed to go in the flesh. And um, I went to the place that was closest to the hotel and um, I got there right at nine o'clock and uh, the doors were closed. And I'm like, Lord, what's going on? And nothing, because my mind is racing. Um, too busy to hear because I'm in the flesh, obviously. Anyways, finally, as I'm, I, had, I was uh, attempting to, to call an Uber, and um, all of a sudden somebody shows up, and I go in, and, and I'm thankful, and my spirits are up again, and, and I, I'm, I'm here for a PCR test. Yeah, we only do rapid tests because we're really backlogged on the PCR thing. It's like, oh, now what? And I go out, my steps are ordered by the Lord, and yet I'm still in the flesh. I go and call an Uber, and take, he takes me to the next place that was on my list. See, the thing was, is, is um, they told me in the hotel that, that we're, the place of recommendation were places that I needed to make an appointment. And I went online to check and all the places that were receiving appointments were all booked. I couldn't. And I'm like, no, I gotta go. And so I went to the next place 
Same thing. We're only doing rapid tests. We're not doing PCR tests. It's like, Lord, you know, Bolivia will not accept me without a PCR test. They won't let me in. I need this PCR test. And he says, well, call. I want you to go to this place on Ford. I says, but Lord, they only take by appointment. Just go. (laughs) Okay, Lord, I'll go. And I call my Uber and I'm waiting. Uber picks me up. And, and less than a minute after I got in the Uber, the Lord tells me that he's one of my followers. And so I said, you're a believer, aren't you? <laughs> what? How do you know? The Lord told me. And it started a dialogue. And I shared with him my story of faith, my journey. And before I got to the place, he says, can I pray for you? And he prayed for me. He fell into alignment with all the prayers that were happening. I get there. And uh, do you have an appointment? No. You have to have an appointment. Can't get in without an appointment. I says, ma'am, I'm Canadian. Um, I need a PCR test for tomorrow's flight, and uh, I got no data. How can I make an appointment? And I mean, in my mind, I'm like, like, Lord, what am I supposed to say? And he said, I just spoke as he gave me the words to say. She says, what if, just wait a minute. And she goes to the back and comes back with a stack of papers and says, fill these out. And I'm like, all those? <laughs> I filled them out. But listen to this. There's people waiting for their appointments. But the moment I filled them out and gave them back to her, she says, come with me. And she stuck me in a little closet with a small table. There was only room for two, no seats, standing room only. And I'm standing in this little closet and all of a sudden a gentleman comes and uh, he starts asking me questions like, why are you getting a PCR test? Well, I'm supposed to be flying tomorrow morning. And he says, well, listen, he says, there's no way. He says, PCR tests are so backlogged. He says, we can't get it to you. In time, my steps are ordered by the Lord. My steps are ordered by the Lord. Lord, you have a way. You will make a way. And he said, do you have a car? I says, no, I've been Ubering it everywhere. And he's like, um, he said, uh, just wait here a minute. And uh, I'm not going anywhere. He goes and he takes off for a bit and and he comes back and he says, "Um, we've got this other place on the other side of Detroit and he says, if you can get there, I've already talked to the manager there. She's a friend of mine, and uh, she'll take you in. They do the results in one hour. I went, and I just, as soon as I got there, I told them, um, Omar told me to ask for Michelle. Yep, just one minute. The lady goes to the back, and then she says, she comes back, and she says, come with me. This time, I wasn't even in a room. I was just in the hallway. Michelle comes in the hallway, takes my PCR test, says, come back in an hour. I got my PCR test. So what's the moral of the story? You know what? Had God not taught me how to pray in the spirit, and it's not just tongues, it's dialogue, it's relationship. Praying in the spirit is relationship because the spirit of God wants and desires and longs for an intimate connection with your spirit. 
There's so much more I could tell you in the story. God's got an incredible sense of humor. I'm telling you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And he does when we pray in the spirit. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. But you, Jude, 2, Jude 20. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Just out of curiosity. I want to ask all those here, knowing about my journey, if you were praying for me, can I I ask you to stand? One of the greatest lessons that God has shown me about praying in the spirit is that the same spirit that's in me is in all of you. And so when we come together in unity and we pray for something, joint together, we are one. That's praying in the spirit. Thank you. With all my heart, thank you. Can I ask you all to stand? (laughs) Do you know, it's because of the cross of Jesus Christ that this is all possible. If it wasn't for the cross, we wouldn't be able to have a relationship like this. If it wasn't for the cross, we'd be broken, empty. We have freedom we have relationship, we have community, we have fellowship, we have health because of the cross. Father God, I look back at my life at what it was and I see what you've made it. And Lord, I'm humbled every time I take this bread and I break it because I'm, I'm reminded of the work of the cross. I'm reminded of how you, Jesus, you allowed your body to take the place of mine to pay for my sins. You allowed your body to be broken that my body can be made whole, can be made something perfect, something beautiful. Thank you for that incredible act of love. There's no greater love than when a man lays down his life for a friend. And Jesus, you call me a friend. You are my friend. And I thank you that I can have dialogue with you every day. Father God, I thank you that you show me things. Father God, I thank you that your heart is for us to be one. I thank you, Father God, that your heart is for salvation of all mankind. Lord, there's so many things I can stand here and be thankful for. But as I take part of this bread, thank you that it's all about you. 
Let's partake together. This cup is representative of the blood of Jesus Christ shed for the forgiveness of sins. So yesterday morning in the cross session, they showed the clip of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that, that movie, that clip, and it breaks me every time. Just breaks me. I'm not sure about you, but I'm a very visual person. And even just, just looking at this cup and my mind understanding that it represents the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm wrecked right now. Who am I that he would die for me? And yet that is how great his love is. Do you know that? Have you experienced it? Have you experienced it? Have you spent time with him so intimate, so fulfilling that it leaves you just wrecked? Not in a bad way, in a good way. Thank you, Father, for, your, for the shed blood of your son, Jesus. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. And Father God, because my sins are washed and paid for, I can have that intimate relationship with my Father. I can enter boldly into the throne room of grace. And Lord, even, in my, even though in my flesh I'm still human, in my spirit I have community and fellowship with my Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's partake together. Again, there's so much that I could really tell you about praying in the spirit. This couple, Dave and Caroline, I don't know what they're gonna say, but I got a story about them too. And had I not, had I not listened and prayed in the spirit, results could have been different. I'll just say that. Yeah, that is the absolute truth. Um, thank you so much for that message, Pastor Larry. I, I was just blown away and um, I feel somewhat of a wreck myself right now after hearing that message. And I hope that for any of you who possibly have not experienced what he talked about today, having that intimate fellowship with your Lord and Savior, that you will just seek it with all your heart because there is nothing like it. And uh, I'm so thankful. Um, I maybe wasn't as in as much faith when we were praying, <laughs> when you were going to Bolivia, but um, we were so thankful to be able to pray and to agree that you could be with your family and at your daughter's wedding. And we're so thankful that just as a body that we pulled together and prayed and God answered our prayers. What you were saying about God changing gears, I told her Wednesday I knew what I was gonna say. and. <clears throat> Half hour ago, all that changed, but God reminded me that things are changing, so he's going to change what he wants you to do, and he just wanted me to remind you the scriptures all over when he come back and told Moses, tell him I am, 
he said to tell my children, I am your healer, your deliverer, your mountain mover, your sustainer financially. Whatever concerns you concerns me. I am your answer. And with all that, you just, you think these, these uh, pastors, we thank them for the message that's so current with everything we're doing. And I heard another pastor say this week that, thank you, Jesus, that my people were not ready. And I don't do my part until my people are ready and doing their part. And this morning while they were singing the great I am, he said, tell my people, They've done their part. Now I'm going to be doing mine. Keep your eyes open. Far beyond what you could ever hope or imagine is what he's going to be doing through the warriors in this here room. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. 
Don't you get shy on me, lift up your song Cause you've got a light inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Oh, come on, my soul Oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song Don't you get shy on me, lift up your song. 